This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton Global Youth Program. Welcome to Future of the Business World. I'm Diana Drake with the Wharton Global Youth Program at the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. Each month on Future of the Business World, we meet enterprising young entrepreneurs from around the world and discuss their innovative ideas and their inspirations. And we learn a lot about business and finance along the way. Today, we're traveling to Mumbai, India, to talk with Kush Malpani, a high school senior at the Cathedral and John Connon School. Kush has been working on a fascinating social enterprise that began with, I think, something many of us can relate to, his love of books. Kush, welcome to Future of the Business World. Thank you, Diana. It's great to be here. Let's get started. So while it was scary and unpredictable, the pandemic was and is also a time of great innovation for many high school students who suddenly found themselves with few after-school activities and more time to explore other interests. We've been benefiting from that explosion of creative energy on future of the business world as we learn about emerging new businesses and nonprofits. In December 2020, you launched the Roadside Bookstore in Mumbai, helping street vendors sell their books online throughout India. I'd like you to first, if you could, set the scene for us, paint a picture of India's street vendors, as well as how they were impacted during the pandemic. Sure, Dan. So India is an extremely uh, active and bustling country throughout uh, all cities. Street food, street vendors, all of these are really popular throughout the country. And especially roadside book vendors, street vendors, as you mentioned them, are a staple and they have been a staple for uh, people of this country, book lovers of this country since independence, ever since independence, since 75 years ago. These street vendors have sold books, supplied books to numerous book lovers across India at the most affordable prices, more affordable than any, you know, um, major companies or chains or major bookstores. And that's why book lovers all over India love them. And to give you a more unique insight into how they work, so I personally have, my school is in the area of Fort Mumbai, which is a really iconic area in Mumbai. And right outside my school, there is an entire lane of around 10 to 12 such roadside book vendors who operate there every single day of the week. They operate 13 hours a day uh, throughout all the seven days of the week. And the business model is really interesting to get to know. So the way the wor- they work is they do not use technology at all. And their entire inventory, the thousands of books that they have, they know the entire list by heart. And anytime any a buyer wants to go up to them, ask them for any book that they want, literally any book in the world. And if they have that book, they'll know it in that specific moment within the next 10 seconds. They can tell you whether they have that book or not. And immediately go to the specific place where they have that book and give that to you. So that really tells you how much they value their business, how much they value what they contribute to society and how important they really are. I, for one, have been buying from a couple of vendors right from the age of five. And these vendors are actually generational vendors. So their great-grandfathers, their grandfathers, and their fathers also sold books in the exact same spot for the past 100 years. So as you can see, it's a lot of heritage, and they are a really iconic part of it, of Mumbai and of India. Really interesting. So now let's kind of think about the pandemic for a minute. And you know, the roads were empty. The streets were empty. A lot of people had to quarantine and suddenly this traffic that would be normally cruising by and and perusing the books, including the foreigners, 
was no longer there for them. So how did the pandemic impact them? Absolutely right, Diana. It was sort of the elephant in the room. And it's the thing is that the business, it wasn't exactly uh, the pandemic itself that almost crushed their business. It was the buildup in the previous years as well. So for the past five to six years, technology has been upscaling rapidly. And we've seen e-commerce platforms like Flipkart or Amazon, which are major platforms in India, they sell their books online at much more affordable rates since they sell it at wholesale prices. So that's why these vendors were struggling specifically because book lovers now did not want to step out of their homes, go to the vendor and buy the book. Instead, they could just get it delivered at their home at their convenience. So that was really hurting their business. And then in March 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic struck. So that was sort of almost the killer blow for these vendors because as soon as the pandemic struck, as soon as the cases started to increase, the government instituted lockdown throughout India. And that's why no one was able to step out. No one except essential workers was allowed to step out of their homes to do any task except essential services or buy essential goods. And books did not classify as essential goods. So these vendors had to completely shut shop they did not have any stores as such. Rather, they were just on the footpaths on the roadside and selling their books in the allocated space that they have. And since the lockdown was announced, these vendors had to shut shop and return to their villages as well. Books were definitely one of the things that probably kept me sane throughout the pandemic. Because since we had so much free time as, you know, high school sophomores, there was almost nothing intellectually stimulating to do at home rather than read books. So those became sort of my staple every single day, even during holidays or vacation time. Um, They were really integral to me to read every single day since they helped me so much. And then finally, in December 2020, these same vendors who I had been buying books from since, since around 10 to 12 years, these vendors were struggling so much. And I couldn't bear to see that happen. I'd love to hear about how your passion for books and your passion for business really merged. In December 2020, you launched the Roadside Bookstore in Mumbai, and I'd really like to hear more about it. Can you tell us how it operates? The way the Roadside Bookstore operates is basically that we tie up with numerous such roadside book vendors who sell on the footpaths in Mumbai. And we also tie up with small businesses uh, that sell books throughout Mumbai. So it could be even the smallest shop. It could be a seller who has only 100 books. It could be a seller who has 10,000 books, 1 lakh books. But as long as they are a small business, as long as they operate on the roadside, um, on, on the footpaths, we definitely do collaborate with them and get their books sold throughout India. So uh, for this specific purpose, I established a platform, uh, an online platform, which works much like an e-commerce platform, except that the books listed on this platform are uh, only from roadside book vendors who were the main people we wanted to help. The model it works on is uh, dropshipping. The way dropshipping works is that uh, it's a really unique model that we have sort of pioneered in India as well, that there is no need for any warehousing, no inventorying, no such advanced buying of books. So I assured these vendors that each month we would get a specific number of books sold. And because of that, they also sold those books, they supplied those books to me at wholesale prices. So I didn't have to pay extremely high prices to list this list these books and sell them to customers. At the same time, these vendors could also sell a lot of their books in a staggered manner. So on the website, a customer can go and place an order. And in turn, a request is directly sent to the vendor to provide this specific book. And a shipping order is automatically booked. 
At the same time, the shipping uh, provider will reach the vendor's location and will get the book and it will be directly delivered to the customer. So in that sense, there is no middleman as such, which eliminates the need for another person to gain profits and also helps the book lovers get their books at really affordable prices. And a key selling point that we have is that these books are sold at almost 60 to 70% discount from their maximum retail price. So in comparison to Amazon or Crossword or other major bookstores in India, which sell books at almost their maximum retail price, we sell these books at around 60 to 70% of the retail price because these vendors get them in wholesale, buy them in wholesale. And a lot of times these books can also be secondhand, but which are in almost new condition. So at the same time, alongside selling these books throughout India, we're also being a bit more sustainable by reusing these books and novels and selling them to many customers. Okay, so I want to make sure I understand exactly how this works. I am a customer of the Roadside Bookstore, and I'm going to go to your online platform, and I have a particular book in mind. So I ask you for that book. I put in my request online, and then tell me exactly how I get connected with a specific vendor. So the way this works is that if you have a specific book request, and of course, you can search whether that's already in our database. If it's already in our database, then you can directly add to cart and place an order. You can pay with any payment mode you want. And in turn, uh, the order will be sent to the vendor who will then package it and he will give it a shipping provider and you receive the book. Now, in case that book is not in our database, it's not listed on the website. Then, of course, there is a section on our website where you can put a book request in. And in turn, we will get back to you within two to three business days. The way this works is that we don't directly connect you to the vendor because uh, the vendor only uh, connects with us. Because if we had each customer connect to the vendor, then eventually it become a very tiresome process for the vendor as well because they can't be responding to all of the customer's queries. So these are all routed through us. And as soon as a customer places a, a book request on the website, we immediately send a broadcast to all our partner vendors as to whether they have this book or not. And in turn, they can send us back their prices for the specific book. And then eventually we get back to the customer via email as to what the prices are, what the condition of the books are. And at numerous times when we have a book request, we can also send pictures of the book to the customer. So the customer can know exactly what they're getting. So that's exactly how it works. Can you share with me a story of a specific vendor that you've worked with to help illustrate how it's changed his or her life. So uh, one vendor, uh, of course, uh, everyone knows that the first order, the first vendor, the first partnership is always the most special one. And for me too, I think that was the most special one. In February 2020, uh, in December was when I started ideating this. And by the time we reached February, I had developed the platform. And now we had to contact vendors, had to develop partnerships. And this one vendor who was the first vendor that I started buying books from, from the age of six or seven, his name is Rajinder. And uh, he sits right outside my school in Fort Mumbai. So I've obviously come across him numerous times. And the thing is that, you know, he was sitting all alone on his little stool that he has next to his books, thousands of books that he has. And he was sitting all alone in the sun. There were no customers around him. He was just sitting alone. There were a lot of other vendors also sitting at their various stalls. And that really struck me, you know. At the same time, there were a lot of books that were, these, these books, these books about economics, about fiction, about action thrillers, crime thrillers, they were just lying there unused. They, they weren't the readers who wanted to read them. They couldn't come and buy them. 
because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And that really struck me. So what I did is I first collaborated with Rajender. And since he already knew me on a personal level, it was easier to convince him to collaborate with us. And eventually uh, what I did is since they didn't have any digital lists as such, I took pictures of almost each and every book that we had to list on the website. And I manually put them into a platform and posted them on the website. We actually promised Rajendra specifically, since he was our first vendor, we promised that we would double his sales within a month from 50 books a month to roughly 100 books a month, which was what he was doing during the COVID-19 pandemic. And in fact, working on it so much, we managed to double it within just two weeks. We sold 100 books within two weeks. And then within that month, we sold around 200 books. So as you can see from the numbers, they don't give it a lot of justice. But his life was completely changed in that specific moment because that doubling his revenue in just a month, it didn't just mean that his uh, livelihood was restored. It meant that even the future, even if another such calamity is to happen, there's always a backup that he has. Even if the COVID-19 pandemic gets over after that, he can still continue to sell his books online and have that revenue stream. And he would never have to, you know, strive to make ends meet for his family as well. So of this vendor specifically, we managed to double the sales within uh, two weeks. And eventually we have grown to around 12 vendors from uh, various parts of Mumbai who we've collaborated with. And we're now also looking into expanding uh, into different cities across India to set up our bases. While we already sell books across India, we also want to look at setting up bases in different cities. So yeah, Rajinder was definitely uh, the most memorable one. Thank you for sharing that. So this summer in the Global Youth Comment and Win Contest, I heard from you, I saw your comment in there, and you wrote, reaching 40 countries and over 50,000 people, I've realized the indisputable and ever-growing power of technology. These numbers seem really impressive. What does the growth of Roadside Bookstore look like? I know you just mentioned the number of vendors that you've partnered with and that you hope to expand even into other cities. Can you talk about the data a little bit? Let's drill into the data. All right. Thank you, Diana. So to give you some data on how we've been expanding, over the last one and a half years, when we started retailing books in March 2020, we had partnered with uh, one vendor initially. And from that, over the next six months, we grew to around seven vendors. And finally, in 2022 as well, we partnered with five more. So in total, we have 12 vendors. And uh, recently, we've partnered with one of India's largest book distributors, who's based in Mumbai. And we've also sourced a lot of books from them. To give you an insight into the data, in terms of MRP sales, we've reached around 2,50,000 INR in MRP sales over the last two years, which would translate into, I guess, roughly 3,000 US dollars. And although that might, may not seem like a huge amount, at the same time in India, the prices of books are comparatively lower. So for example, if a book in the US is retailing for say $5, at the same time in India, it retails for around $1.50 or $2. So they're really cheap over here. Uh, for uh, for around INR uh, $150 or $200, which is roughly $2, you can get some of the best books that are available here. So that's sort of the numbers part of it. And to give you an insight into our reach, so as I said, we've reached 55,000 people over the past two years. And recently, we've also had an influx of new customers since we've been pursuing marketing strategies like using WhatsApp or Instagram or Facebook. And we've had almost 7,000 new visitors to our website each month. A unique method that we found of growing over the last two years is something that people might find unconventional, but it was WhatsApp forwards. 
So actually in India, WhatsApp forwards are a really, are a, a staple of life, I would say. Honestly, right from good morning messages every single morning to any funny jokes that people share. WhatsApp forwards, forwards in India are forwarded hundreds, thousands of times throughout various groups across the country. And here we saw an opportunity to use these same WhatsApp forwards, which are used for jokes or for good morning messages. We could use that to market our startup. And that's why I sent this message about the startup to all the friend groups that I had, all the building chat groups, all um, sort of the entire network that I had. And I uh, made uh, my friends also send them to various people as such. And from that, we got a lot of revenue because a lot of customers, a lot of people, a lot of book lovers were really interested in this startup that allowed them the opportunity to help these vendors, you know, help these vendors survive while also getting books at a really affordable price. So that's sort of how we've grown over the last two years. Back to the Global Youth Comment and Win contest for a minute. Uh, You also wrote this summer, I believe that the most important thing this pandemic has taught us is that technology is a great tool to achieve equity. Tell me more about that. Sure. So I personally believe, and I've had numerous experiences that led me to believe that technology is the single most important tool, the single most powerful tool that we can use to achieve equality and equity. Another example that I would have was specifically about my grandfather. So the thing is that my grandfather, he is 70 years old now, and he is a veteran of the clothing industry in India. And the thing is that uh, he also has a consulting firm that he runs by himself as well. And this consulting firm was based entirely on physical deals, on handshake deals, on meetings with other clients across India. And he used to meet these clients in person to decide on any deals or consult on any matters. And the thing is, with the COVID pandemic, that mode, this specific job that he had was completely shut off. Because given that, you know, he was 70 years old, now he couldn't take that risk of contracting COVID. At the same time, the clients were also not ready to meet in person. So that's why I realized that, you know, for a person who is 70 years old, who does not know technology that well, who's just sitting at home, who who doesn't want to retire, but as such, he cannot work because his only, the only form of work that he knows is physical work, is going and meeting people physically, signing handshake deals. So that's why I really, I, I looked at that and I realized that without technology, a lot of people cannot use their potential to the fullest. And I could clearly see that with my grandfather as well. So that's why what I did is I set up a sort of a platform for my dada as well, for my granddad. That's what we call him in the Hindi. And I set up this platform. I designed a logo. I designed an entire website for him, for him to contact these various clients across India, further his reach for his consulting firm as well, and get more clients, sign more deals online instead of doing that same thing in person irrespective of how old you are, how young you are, or how many resources you have or you don't have. If someone has technology and knows how to use it, they can achieve equity with a lot of other people in society. I know you also have a passion for economics. What have you learned about what we might call the informal economy and how it contributes to society? What would you like people to know about this business sector, about the vendors? 
definitely definitely i think the informal economy is really important really integral to the survival of every single nation's economy in the world especially for india i actually have some facts and figures around 90% of the labor force in india which works in households which works odd jobs like sweeping or cooking or babysitting these are all part of the informal labor sector so they are not formally registered but 90% of the labor force of the workforce is part of the informal labor sector and i think a lot of times we don't recognize the important work that they do because even though you know there might be business people there might be politicians diplomats who are engineering deals at the top we don't realize that these people who work in the informal sector who work in the informal economy they are the wheels of the economy they are at the grassroots level they are keeping the economy firm they keeping it really strong so that the people at the top can actually help it grow more so i think it's really important to recognize their efforts and to know and to and for everyone to understand that without having these vendors a lot of young minds throughout mumbai i can speak for myself of course my mind is such i wouldn't have grown as much as i did without reading those books that they provided and it's not just them selling the books to me it's not about money for them it's also about seeing the joy on a child's face for them because numerous times if i don't know which book to choose they themselves have their opinions because while they're sitting at their stall having nothing to do except talk to customers they read their books themselves and they in this manner they've been educated as well on english on all of the vocabulary that i have learned in school they self taught that vocabulary to themselves by reading these books so i think it's really important to recognize their efforts and to for everyone to realize and acknowledge that these people are the ones who are keeping the economy going and who are keeping their daily livelihoods going who are helping them grow so i think that's really important to understand Kush, you are very business oriented. You have a lot of data. You have you have a lot of perspective um, as somebody who's interested in economics, and you've also talked a lot about change. You talked a lot about change throughout the pandemic. I want to know how this experience has changed you. So honestly, I wouldn't know where to begin because it's been such a journey of the last two years. Two years this December. uh but i think if there was one thing i would say that uh i myself have noticed in change in me over the last few years a lot of times you know you don't notice the change in yourself because it happens gradually over a specific period of time but i think i have noticed this change because it's been so big so relevant it's that i have learned how to create connections generate conviction in the people i talk to because uh this story about the roadside bookstore it's not just about helping these vendors or helping numerous book lovers across india it's about creating connections it's about developing partnerships with these vendors about making personal relationships with them so that they can trust us in a business relationship and then gradually help them survive throughout the pandemic so creating connections is really important to me and this roadside bookstore it's not just the business partnerships that i've developed through this and i've not just learned how to develop business partnerships i've also learned how to develop my personal relationships so whether it be my friends my family or every anyone else i know my personal relationships have become a lot better since i started the roadside bookstore because developing relationships has really taught me how to approach any problem that i have or within the relationship or within life as such and other than creating connections i think learning the art of negotiation that was really important and that was something the roadside bookstore taught me one question i like to ask all our guests on future of the business world is if you could change one thing in the world what would it be 
in the world, then I would probably change. Yes, I, I'm not sure about the world, but I think specifically for India, I would change the education system because uh, currently the education system that we have is based a lot on rote learning on how well we can memorize specific topic, but not as such on the logic behind it, the reasoning behind it, the joy behind learning these specific topics. So I think I would truly have to change that. Let's wrap up with our lightning round. Please answer these questions as quickly as you can. What was your favorite book to buy from a street vendor? Uh, it would be Think Like a Bunk by Jay Shetty. What is the next thing you're excited to learn that you don't understand? I think it would be philosophy. I would really love, love to study philosophy at an undergraduate level because that's something I have been deeply interested in alongside economics. We've taped 25 episodes of our Future of the Business World podcast. You said you're a fan. What was your favorite episode? I think the one about helping migrant workers was definitely my favorite episode because that's something I also connected to on a personal level. For example, my helpers as such in my in my family, the ones who help with cooking, cleaning, with sweeping everything, they were also migrant workers. And during the pandemic, we couldn't call them home because of the risk of contracting COVID. And that's why they also had to return to their villages. And that led me to dive deeper into their situation, what's being done to help them. And that resulted in me writing a research paper as well, an economic policy research paper on how these migrant workers are doing and what the government is doing to help them during the pandemic. So I really connected that on a personal level. And I think the way that specific speaker on the podcast was trying to help the migrant workers in Singapore was really interesting to me. And I think something like that would definitely be feasible in India as well. I love that uh, podcast. Something about you, Kush, that would surprise us. Something that would surprise you is probably that I am a huge car enthusiast. So while I also am a business and economics enthusiast, a quick fun fact about me is that I can name almost every car model on Indian roads. Okay, so you're starting a business-themed talk show. Who is your first guest? I think my first guest would probably be Gautam Madani, who is a really influential businessman in India. He recently also became, I think, the second richest person in the world. But that's not what I'm interested in. I'm more interested in how he grew his businesses from a really small setup that his family had in the 1990s to where they've reached right now. So I think I'm really interested in that. And particularly because the businesses that he has are revolve all around sustainability and solar energy, which is something that I am a really huge fan of. So I would definitely love to have him. Kush, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us on Future of the Business World. Thank you so much, Diana. It's been a pleasure. Discover more opportunities for high school students and educators at globalyouth.wharton.upenn.edu.